Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello. Welcome to this Cricket Badger India vs. England daily podcast by the fans for the fans. Virat Kohli's India, with Rohit Sharma, Jaspreet Bumrah and Ravi Ashwan, and young starlets like Rishabh Pant and Shubman Gill. They play host to Joe Root's England, with Jimmy Anderson, Ben Stokes, Stuart Broad and young talents like Ollie Pope and Zach Crawley. It's always England's toughest tour, good luck to both sides, may the best team win. Hello everybody, welcome along. It's another edition. It's India against England. The tour that continues without a close game. We'll talk about that and more after we've seen England winning the third T20 international by eight wickets in a fair canter. It has to be said. I'm joined by two Indian badges, Anand Beaker and Neil Varani today to dissect what we've just seen. And Anand, um, yeah, I thought I was really disappointed with India today, I have to be honest. So James, hasn't it been a Jekyll and Hyde series? It feels like the first ODI, you saw England firing on or firing on all cylinders. The second T20I, we saw India do that. And now it's again back to England. It certainly is Jekyll and Hyde. We certainly don't seem to have any kind of consistency where both of the teams produce sort of their best. It certainly looks like there's some experimentation going on, but considering that these are the the number one and number two teams, you know, when it comes to T20 rankings, it's a little surprising that we haven't been able to produce a sort of an exciting humdinger so far. I've seen a lot of comment on social media suggesting win the toss, about second, win the game, but it's not as simple as that, is it? Because, I'm yes, the conditions may point the match into that direction, but if you play well enough, if you play better than the opposition, you can still win batting first. Yeah, I think T20 is all about execution, isn't it? We actually saw that when Hardik Pandya was batting, you saw nothing was thrown in his Everything was at hard length or short away from his hitting zone. So you could see how well the England English bowlers executed. But in the same way, I don't think Hardik executed his role as well. No. You know, there's always some adaptation that you do. And he wasn't able to adapt as well as how, you know, as the English bowlers did. So both sides are not executing at the same time because that's when we're, we're going to get that that sort of exciting, you know, super close finish. It's interesting you bring up Hardik Pandya because I've commentated on both the matches that he's played in. And I've kind of bigged him up when he's come to the crease saying, yeah, I've watched him in the eye 
Papiali hits sixes for fun. He's a, he's a terrific player. And he's gone along at uh, less than a run of ball and looked to really struggle in this series so far. Certainly has. And, you know, he wasn't good, Nick, in Australia. So he was really playing very well there. So it, it is surprising, you know, how out of Nick he looks right now. But also, I think it's a testament to the English bowling. I think we've seen how well each and every one of them, it's almost like they have absolutely nailed what they need to do. Each and everyone has plans. And I'm pretty sure that that exists on both teams. But the English bowling and batting right now is just was great. Everybody just executed their plans and Hardik hasn't been able to adapt. He is a fantastic hitter, though. And in this day and age of analysis and technology, you know that people are going to try to find broad through it. You know, they're going to look at your game, try to expose any kind of flaws you have. So I count on Hardik to come back. It just he, he hasn't been able to figure a way out just yet. Neil, um, I want to talk a bit about Virat Kohli, both positive and negative today, in my view anyway. I thought his innings today was really good. I, I tweeted that, that he was a well-paced innings and yeah, without him, India would have been really struggling today. And Knuckle, one of our badges, came back and said he didn't think it was well-paced because he was only a runner ball after 28. But that was the point of my tweet, really, is that he came to the crease, or very soon after he'd come to the crease, India were three down for diddly squat and he had to rebuild. You, you know, if he'd kind of aimed for the fence recklessly at that stage, he would have been slaughtered if he'd been out and given massive initiative to England, I thought he did really, really sensibly. He kind of rebuilt and then propelled India to some kind of total towards the end. This was exactly the kind of innings that Virat Kohli can provide. Uh, I agree with you. I think he came in uh, with India two down for not very much, soon to be three down. He looked in good touch from the start, but what he didn't do to begin with was take risks. And considering India's position, you can accept that. He only really started going through shots at over 14, 15, when Pandya had been in for a little bit. And it didn't really matter in the grand scheme of things if he were to get out taking risks, because it was either not get anywhere near a defendable total uh, or get out. The risk-reward ratio had changed sufficiently that he had to take those risks. Um, I thought he was superb today in what was a very difficult situation, certainly in the first half of India's innings. If he'd gone out straight away today, Neil, India could have been all out for 68 or something, couldn't they? It could have been that bad. Whereas the way he played it, he at least gave them a score where in the field they could have defended. We'll talk about that in a second, the way they did try and defend it. But I thought the, you know, the way he played it, he just gave his side a chance. Yeah, it was the only sensible way to do it, especially considering when that third wicket came down, then Rishabh Pant came in, who one is the more attacking player, but also in that sort of situation is the more expendable player. So yeah. it's him who should be going after things rather than goalie. So you can accept him being a um, little over runner ball at the start if he is anchoring the innings and providing the stability that the more expensive players can build on. Badges are furry creatures. 85% of women badges think bad grooming is a major turn-off. 80% of women badges think men should trim below the belt. 89% of men think good grooming is essential to the professional success. Don't just dismiss it out of hand. Get on there, manscaped.com. Check out their great range of male grooming accessories. Hygiene, appearance, attractiveness, confidence. Simply go to manscaped.com, quote the discount code BADGER. You get 20% off, you get free shipping, and you get some seriously quality equipment. Manscaped.com, together we save balls. 
that's my positive bit on Vera. I think he's a terrific player and I always have done and he's one of my favourite batsmen to watch because he's got every shot when he wants to unfurl them he's got every single shot but he took them up to 156 for 6 Neil and then I felt you know I've seen his comments post-match to suggest that he felt that in the second half of the innings the Indian side's body language was poor and I would agree with that but I would say, suggest that that stems from the skipper we've talked about this on the podcast before I felt his body language was awful in the first match and the players look to Virat Kohli. They look to see what fight he's suggesting. He's, they look to him as the beacon to follow. And when he's starting to look frustrated and angry and disappointed and as if they're going to lose, that transmits itself. I think, you know, he's right to criticise the team for having poor body language, but it stems from him. I think uh, we put too much on him there and a certain amount has to go to the players. This isn't an under-11s team. They're all yeah, they, seasoned. No, yeah, but Neil, Neil, don't damn play that because they look to him. He is the biggest player in their team. He is their captain. He is their leader. They look to him for guidance. They look to him for signposts and they look to him for inspiration. And when he's subdued and not giving that, that transmits itself. Well, I don't know. I think we, we run the risk of asking him to be something he's not. And then when he is, having a go at him for not being what he was before. Um, I th- I didn't think but he when was... Has he ever, sorry, but when has he ever done being the good T20 captain? Well, he, he's fi- he looks great. In in the second match, when, in, when India were winning, he looked fantastic because everything was going in his, his way. In the first and third match, where India were up against it, I felt that he's looked really poor. I don't think he uh, he looked as down as uh, perhaps he did in, in the first match. I think he looked frustrated at times himself as well. And there were certain things that happened on the field that you would be frustrated with. We can't simply say that uh, the cool, calm block of ice that Owen Morgan projects, which is very successful for him, would be right for would be right for Virat. I didn't see too much there. I think there are a number of players who let themselves down in the field in the second innings and they will get a right bulking. And sometimes that's what you need. Some players respond better to the stick than the carrot. How do you see it, Alan? Well, you know, I think we sometimes ascribe, in my opinion, too much importance to body language. Because I'll give you a... Often back in the day when Dhoni was the captain, and Dhoni is famous for being stoic. He does not show a lot of emotion. There was criticism that he's not showing enough emotion. Then you have somebody like a Virat who wears his emotions on a sleeve and you can you know exactly how Virat feels with every ball. And then, you know, that gets criticism. And I often find that, to me, we might be ascribing a little more importance to that to the body language piece and what's actually going in the field. We've all played cricket and we've all took a great catch and been elated. We've all made an absolute rick in the field and felt like you wanted the ground to swallow you up. And if you're feeling at deep mid-wicket and you miss field and let the boundary go, you don't need Virat Kohli to give you the death stare, do you? I said on commentary today, there was one moment where he looked down at the ground. He looked like if you'd been within two feet of him, he would have punched your face in because he was angry. He looked down at the ground and I said on commentary, that piece of ground is going to die because it's the death stare. And he gives that to fielders. And you don't need that, I don't think. You don't, I mean, obviously you don't want your captain to come over and cuddle you when you've, you've misfielded. But you know yourself, you're a professional. You know yourself that you've let your team down. You don't need the captain to be giving you evils, do you? Yeah, I don't think that you need that. Uh, actually, I actually think maybe a captain coming up to you and saying, it's okay, you're going to get the next one might be as important, uh, might be a bit more important than the death stare, right? Because if you're a young player, you might actually lose some of that confidence. But at the end of the day, everybody should know it. So you're absolutely right. Is 
that death stare needed? Probably not. At the end of the day, all of these guys are professionals. These are not amateur cricketers, uh, you know, who have a day job. These guys are actually full-time cricketers. So they do understand the, the, the stakes right now. And you certainly understand the job that you have to do. There are some pl- uh, players, though, who would respond better to a death stare because they'd be very much, right, I'm going to show you, I'll get it absolutely perfect next time just to uh, show you that I don't deserve that. Someone like Johnny Bairstow seems to thrive off that kind of energy and performs his best when he thinks that people are having a go. And I'm sure that some of the egos in the India camp would similarly like to show up uh, someone who's uh, having a go at them in that way. The, the extension of what I was saying earlier, though, in terms of the field and, and Virat in the field, is that I don't think it actually does him any favours either. When he gets so frustrated and gets so animated, it's all right when it's all done in a positive way because everybody kind of builds up and everybody follows. But when it's negative like it was today and in the first game, he drops a catch. He, he kind of grabs at the ball for a run out and gives away a misfield. It, it doesn't serve the purpose, I don't think. But I don't think you can have one without the other. But I'm suggesting to you that he's possibly not the man for India in terms of T20 cricket, that somebody who was a little bit more level-headed and a bit more thoughtful might be a better leader for India. Maybe, but at the same time, sometimes that kind of crazy passion that you get from Virat does get everyone fired up so that when something turns, because we've all seen games where everything is going downhill and then you get a couple of wickets and suddenly you think you might be able to claw your way back in. That kind of energy that Virat would give off then compared to, say, Adoni does seem to get everyone fired up. And I, I think it's hard to get that without having to accept the other. It's um, the old Roy Keane conversation. Would, would he be half the captain or the player without going too far sometimes. Elvis Presley once said, we're caught in a trap. We can't get out, but we might be able to soon. Hopefully COVID-19 will be behind us and we can get back on the cricket pitch this summer. And you need to make it count. BlackRatCricket.com They have an original range, a rodent range, a little rat range. Bats made by cricketers for cricketers. Make 2021 count. BlackRatCricket.com Join the infestation. Alan's India are really missing a, a Jasprit Bumrah or something, aren't they? Somebody that can really lead the attack. I thought um, Boovy actually bowled really well today. Shardal Tucker took a lot of tap. Um, there didn't seem to be anybody kind of following on after after Boovy's good spell. Exactly. And I think the bowling right now is a little weak without Bumrah. But also, you know, Shami is usually in there, uh, who has certainly come along over the last few years. The couple of other differences now are that Chehel and Kuldeep, who were both part of the squad and were taking wickets by the buckets, are certainly not as effective as they were. Chehel certainly has taken a bit of tap lately. And he's a very important cog in there. Because really, if you look at the wicket takers within the team, I think Chehel's right up there. So we don't have Ashwin and Sundar is a very defensive bowler. With that, you know, you have to take a look at look at the bowlers in there and say, okay, who's actually going to get you a wicket? And it's really Chehel and Bumrah. Bumrah is not there. Chehel's sort of still working through his form to see how he's going to bowl to some of these really good batsmen that the English team has. And I think that is certainly impacting how the batting goes. Let's have a look at the England innings then. And I thought Johnny Bairstow played very nicely for his 40 when he came in off 28 balls. Took all the pressure off really with that innings. But Joss Butler, highest score in a T20 international 83 not out from him and Neil it was a, a bit of an innings of two halves wasn't it he, he, he went out the 
blocks really quickly. Um, hit a few sixes off poor old Yuzvendra uh, Chahal, who must have nightmares about Joss Butler when he goes to bed at night because he seems to have taken a liking to his bowling. And then after he'd broken the back of the of the chase, he just sat in and knocked it around and counted to 83. It was just a very professional performance from Joss Butler, I felt. Yeah, it was, absolutely. I think Chahal, Chahal's being used in a different way um, bowling a lot more in the power play um, when he doesn't have that protection. I don't think he's quite adapted his game yet to it, but Butler seems to have noted that and taken advantage of lacking of people on the rope and really scored heavily there. This is something I've seen a lot with Butler in the IPL as well. He takes full advantage of the fielding restrictions um, and then plays um, a lot more sensibly straight after. Whereas Someone like Bairstow starts off a bit slower in the power play, but then really seems to accelerate all the way through. Not saying either is better, but Butler's innings today was, for the most part, chanceless, I thought, until um, that drop right at the end uh, by Virat. It's a very, very professional um, performance from him. When we're talking about level heads and hands, Joss Butler never seems to get flustered, does he, when he's out there batting? You can't really tell if he's just hit a six or if he's just uh, been beaten outside the off stump. He, he just looks very, um, I don't know, what, what's the word, kind of comfortable, assured at the crease? He certainly does, I think. And, you know, if you look through his career, except for that one incident, I think, with Vernon Philander, for the most part, he looks pretty, like a pretty calm sort of individual who can sort of handle the pressure and walk through, you know, irrespective of the situation, seems to have a very calm demeanor. So he's certainly one of those. I think what also certainly helps us, he comes to the IPL all the time and he's a star in the IPL. He does very well. I don't think the last season went as well, but before that, he's certainly done very well. So these are conditions he's fairly used to. Even if this is a brand new stadium, he's played here plenty of times and he's played against these bowlers plenty of times because all of the bowlers in the Indian team, Butler has faced time and time again. So I think some of that certainly helps, but this is his moment, isn't he? He is after AB De Villiers, you know, is there anybody else who's 360 degree player much more than Butler? And there might be a few, but, you know, Butler's certainly one of the best, isn't he? I was looking at the um, ICC T20 international rankings for batting during the innings today, and it surprised me how far down I had to scroll to find the name Joss Butler in the uh, standings. Obviously, David Milan um, tops the uh, tops the list, but you have to go um, right down to, I think it was number 24 in the list for Joss Butler. That is too low for somebody of his quality, isn't it? He, maybe consistency the, you know, is, is the reason, Anand, because he's capable like you say of doing things that probably no other person can oh absolutely and also it might be a I think he's a fantastic batsman. And one of the issues that might be part of this is just the way the T20Is are scheduled right now. I don't know whether Joss has played as much as he should, because I do think that there have been a few breaks here and there. And Milan has certainly taken over and has been doing that anchor role for the England team very well. But if we were to try and build a super team of T20 players, wouldn't Joss be the first or second name in there? Would it, Neil? No, but he'd be, uh, he'd be well up in the conversation. It does appear to be another situation where possibly our perception and affection for Joss is more than the empirical data. He is a wonderful player, but he has had a number of low scores and in something like the rankings that does count against you. Quinton the Cock is 17th in the list. Obviously he would, uh, you know, if we're talking about a world team 
Anand's probably Quinton gets the gloves, doesn't he? And, and Joss Butler maybe misses out if we're actually taking these rankings as, uh, I mean, you can take them with a bit of a pinch of salt because you can't totally rank a player, but they, they are a very good guide, aren't they? And Butler's obviously quite significantly lower down. So I, I'm still not sure between, you know, obviously Quinton de Kock certainly has a great chance to, you know, come in. If we are going with the World eleven, Quinton probably walks in. I would think Josh would be right there with him. He doesn't have to keep the gloves. With the kind of batting that he does, his career strike rate in T20 internationals is 140. 40, and I think at T20s, he goes as about 145. That's pretty good numbers. I don't know that there's a lot of people in the world who go better than him. Maybe somebody like Andre Russell who comes down the road and plays about 10 balls and tries to make 30 out of him. But there are not a lot of batsmen who would go about Joss. Uh, to me, he would certainly be in, he would walk into my team right away. He would mine as well. Yeah, I'm only asking the questions to try and prompt an answer because I, I firmly believe that Joss Butler would be in my world 11 if I was to pick one. And um, today, we're still not totally convinced with Joss Butler's opener as opposed to a five or six in a T20 international. Neil, where would you play him? Are you happy to see him going in at the top of the order? Because I suggested on one of the podcasts the other day that maybe a straight swap between him and Ben Stokes might actually be better for England's team. Have Joss Butler finishing things off and Ben Stokes freed up to have a bit of a go at the top. I tweeted myself about this uh, this afternoon because uh, Nick Knight and Stuart Broad were having a conversation about how good it is for Joss Butler to be opening and I disagree entirely and it's not because Joss Butler is not an excellent opener. He absolutely is, and he's the best England opener. However, England also have Roy, Bairstow, Hales, Milan, possibly in the future, Banton. And as far as finishers go, there's no one apart from Morgan yeah. who you can rely on to finish a game. Stokes looks a little bit uncomfortable in that position at some stage. He I think I think, it, I think if you gave Stokes the opener's role and just said to him, Ben, go out and enjoy yourself, I think you'd get more out of him. Roger Standard, that. He's someone who can build into an innings, absolutely. I saw some stats on Sky um, about Milan that said his, his strike rate for his first 20 balls is something like 110, 120. And after that is 193. Stokes is also someone who needs to build into his innings. It's not someone that you can throw in at the, uh, at the 15th over and say, right, just go for it straight away. And I also think with Stokes um, sometimes that he has little purple patches. He'll, he'll have a couple of overs where, where he's really on it and then he'll go off boi- off the boil for 10 balls and he'll come back again and the longer you give him, the more those purple patches come. He's never really cracked international T20 for me. He's obviously an absolutely wonderfully talented player, but he hasn't really done it for the international team. And actually in the IPL, um, aside from that first season with Rising Pune Supergiant, I don't think he's really done it for Rajasthan. Going back to Joss, he is someone who you would rank alongside Russell, Pandya, possibly um, Morgan, who can absolutely destroy a team in the last 15. Yeah. So uh, when you've got that huge wealth of excellent openers, not having Joss opening the innings may lose you five runs in the power play. Not having him finish the innings could uh, cost you 20. I mean, A.B. de Villiers is a brilliant example of that. He, he can come in with six overs left and still still leave the pitch with a ridiculous score to his name because he can just tank it everywhere and have the freedom to do that because there's no pressure on him. Because if you get out in that situation, nobody's going to give you a give you a hard time, Anand. And Joss Butler could do exactly the same. He certainly could. And I think when we look at the English team right now, Joss would do very well at the opener. He's already shown that he's a great opener. But if you wanted to switch that up, Bearstow and Roy can certainly open up. Joss could come at number three or number four because like Morgan, I think Joss has a great 
game against spin bowling. And Joss is going to succeed wherever he goes. Matter of fact, for, as a T20 player, I rate him much more higher than Ben Stokes. So Joss could come one drop and I think he would still succeed there or he could come, you know, maybe after Morgan if necessary. But the, the key really would be to give him as many balls as you can. So playing him real low down the order at number five or six might be too low, but, you know, up the order, he, he can play high pace, he can play spin, he can play mystery spin. I think, you know, you got a complete package when it comes to T20. I mean, one of the things you can do with the T20 team is be a little bit flexible, isn't it? See how the game is. You have your four, five and six maybe and you just rotate them depending on what the situation is with the match. You know, you, you don't necessarily have to be rigid with the batting order, do you? Yeah, absolutely. And you got to take a look at the situation, what's happening with the pitch. And if there is somebody like a Joss, you can maybe move him around. But I really would be tempted to give him as many balls as he can because you know that he's class and that he's going to succeed more often than not. And if you look at his overall record too, Joss has played a ton of T20 cricket. If you just look at T20s, he's played 273 matches and this guy still, his strike rate is 145. He is class. So can we be tactical with him? Certainly. But, you know, you still want him to get get as much batting as he can. When we look at the IPL and specifically because the T20 World Cup will be played in India, he has a much better record than Morgan or Stokes. So even if you do, even if you're tactical with him, I would still see, you know, hope to see him play as many balls as he can. Considering especially as, you know, somebody like a Hales, who's you're a really good T20 player, doesn't look like he's going to come in till he maybe uh, gives a shirt off his back to Morgan, I think. <laughs> My name is Jacob and I sent the Badger a message and now I'm on the podcast with this jingle. If you would like to get in touch with the Cricket Badger podcast, then tweet at cricket underscore badger. Let's finish off today's podcast with a little word for Owen Morgan, who obviously didn't have a lot to do today, did he? Because he was next in and was able to sit there and watch England's victory from the dugout. But his 100th cap today as the uh, in the T20 internationals. I was just looking at India's cap appearances because he's, Morgan's on to 100 today. Next in line for England is Joss Butler with 77 to his name. Rohit Sharma leads the line for India with 109 caps and, and Virat's on 88. Um, 98 for MS Dhoni. So he's in pretty good company in terms of longevity in the T20 international form Neil he's had a long and distinguished career and no son of him giving it up just yet is that 100 caps just for England because I was wondering if he had a few for Ireland beforehand don't, he- ask, don't ask me complicated questions like that <laughs> well I think he's he's been playing international white ball since the 2007 World Cup well, or just it, before he, his span in T20 internationals um, goes from 2009 I can tell you that well I mean that's just absolutely superb isn't it the long Longevity to stay on top of your game um, in that fashion. And I think he's one of the early specialists as well. He um, realised uh, when he got dropped from the test team that white ball was the way forward for him. Um, and he's really worked on his game both technically but also uh, tactically as well. And yeah, he's been a, uh, a great advocate for both the white ball formats. Um, I, I'm going to enjoy watching him play in captain uh, as, long as, as long as I can. There's actually another interesting set with Morgan you know, certainly has played the 100 T20s, but also he has captained England 57 times and they've won 33 times. So he's got about a 60% uh, winning rate. So, you know, certainly one of the better captains in there. And when you compare him to MS Dhoni, who, you know, obviously we consider is a very good T20 captain, Dhoni was at 
about 59% as well. So he's right there with Tony, uh, especially considering the number of matches he's played. You know, just because James, I'm sure you'd, you'd be curious about this. Virat is right there as well. Virat's captain for about 43 matches, 125 of them at 63%. So these guys are all close to each other. Just to answer your question, uh, Neil, um, all of those games were for England. He's uh, made his debut on the 5th of June, 2009 against the Netherlands at Lords, and uh, has stayed in the side pretty much ever since. And uh, so he's got World Cup under his under his belt as well, although not as captain, because England won the World Cup in 2010. Yeah, yeah, he played in the final, didn't he? He was in the final. Uh, that, do you know what? I'd forgotten that he was in that side because you've got Michael Lum, Craig Keyswetter, Kevin Peterson, Paul Collingwood, Owen Morgan was in there at the end with Collingwood to get across the line. He was not out 15 in the final. So you're right. He, he has got a World Cup under his name. So he's gone from that World Cup to potentially another one in the autumn. And uh, he's one of... Wow, there, there can't be that many multi uh, multi format World Cup winners either. Couple couple of Indians between two thousand seven and twenty eleven. Yeah, um, and Australia haven't won the World Cup T uh, twenty. Yeah, quite some record he's built up and quite a CV, hasn't he? He's got to look back on at some stage whenever he hangs up his boots and uh, and looks back on a very distinguished career, Owen Morgan. So congratulations to him for his hundredth T twenty international appearance. Because we got a World Cup coming and because there's plenty of other T twenty games to come, he's going to get past that one hundred mark very, very quickly and speed on towards a much bigger figure. So good luck to him in the future and uh, well played on a fantastic career so far. Well played to England so far. Eight wicket victors against the Indians today. It's been one-sided match after one-sided match. Please, 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 please. The cricket gods, fourth and fifth T20 international. Bring us a last ball thriller, please, to give us something to really excite us. Anand and Neil, thank you very much indeed for joining me today. We'll be back again tomorrow with another podcast as we look ahead to that fourth match in Ahmedabad. I've been James, the Cricket Badger, and I'll see you again then. Thanks for listening. We will be back every day during England's tour of India. Get in touch on at cricket underscore badger on Twitter. We hope you are enjoying the cricket. See you again tomorrow. Podcast Network. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.